0: Hey everyone, welcome to Pop Culture Confidential and our final and complete prediction show for the Oscars 2021. And with me, of course, the awards maestro and our friend Eric Anderson, (laughs) Editor-in-Chief at Awards Watch. Eric, thank you so much for being here.
1: We're here. We're in the last week. It's almost here.
0: I can't believe it it's been the longest time <laughs> but it's so much fun too I mean once you start approaching these last few days the excitement starts to build right
1: I, I love it and I, as I, I've said to, to others I love it just as the you know outsider talking about it I would hate to be uh, a nominee in any of this and having to go through this <laughs> long crazy season I, it just it's a lot.
0: And without all the fun parties they usually go to and the meetups and how they get to know each other, that must be a little bit disappointing, at least for the four or five you know new nominees that are this year.
1: For real, yeah. I I was thinking the same thing. Andre, Day, Paul, Paul Rassi are you know people that are brand new to a lot of people, um, and and I think they could have benefited from this, not just from a networking standpoint, but. You know, you, you have these A-listers that are like super supportive of, of these nominations and of these actors and, you know, it's nice to have that, that interaction and face to face.
0: Yeah, I've really understood that through the years that this becomes like a, a, a new friendships are built. And it's a for life thing when they go to all these different parties and screenings and, and luncheons and all that. And they're really missed out this year. I mean, it's exciting anyway, but, but it really is yeah. a different year for everyone. Yeah. So let's get into this. I'm so excited to hear your final predictions here, Eric. <laughs> let's start with writing original screenplay. And the nominees are Judas and the Black Messiah, Minari, Promising Young Woman, Sound of Metal, The Trial of the Chicago Seven. So we have, of course, Emerald Fennell, who is nominated here, Lee Isaac Chung, Aaron Sorkin. It's a fantastic group.
1: It is. I think it's pretty competitive, uh... Although, you know, I I have my feeling of what is going to win and what should win and and the type of screenplay that wins here. Uh, But I think it's I think it's pretty competitive and it's a really good group.
0: So who are you going for?
1: (laughs) (laughs) I am going for the BAFTA Writers Guild and Critics' Choice winner Promising Young Woman here.
0: Me too. I think it's in the bag. I'm absolutely 100. I think Emerald has it here. This is the one she's going to win. It's such an original screenplay in this original screenplay category that tends to go for some exciting original screenplays by you know people like uh, Sofia Coppola and uh, Wes Anderson and things like that.
1: Sure, and Jordan Peel. This is this is often the category where voters are, are like, I would love to vote this for Best Picture, but I'm just a little too scared. So let's go, <laughs> let's go with the original screenplay.
0: <laughs> okay, so is it adapted where they may be a more a bit more traditional, but we do have Borat here, subsequent movie film, The Father, Nomad Land, One Night in Miami, and the White Tiger. So another woman historically, Chloe Zhao.
1: Yes. And, and if, you know, Fanel and Zhao both win their categories, it will be the first time ever that two women won the screenplay categories in the same year uh, solo by themselves w- without a male co-writer.
0: I think it was um, 2007, right, where um, Diablo Cody won for Juno. But then there's been there's been several nominated, but always together with a male co-writer.
1: Yes, the last time that two, the last time that women won both of these categories was uh, 2003, when Sofia Coppola won uh, original for Lost in Translation, and then Fran Walsh and uh, Philippa Boyens won for Return of the King, but Peter Jackson was a co-writer and co-winner on that that year.
0: Well, that's it's been far too long. So, what do you say here?
1: I actually think this is a little more competitive than. And maybe some people think, although, you know, a lot of us, I guess, in this circle, think kind of the same way in that Nomadland and the father are obviously, you know, the two front runners here. And the father just won BAFTA over Nomadland, uh, which has Critics' Choice and the uh, USC. And they were both Writers Guild ineligible, which is too bad because I really would have liked to see that, that face-to-face competition. But I think this might be, it's, I think it's the best place to reward the father and the most likely place, but it's tough. It's really tough. Both Both of these screenplays are absolutely crucial to their films. I think the father a little bit more so in in the structure of it, in helping us understand uh, the path of dementia that Anthony Hopkins' character goes through. For Nomadland, I think there might be some voters who see it as less a writerly thing because it, it doesn't feel like anybody's reading lines. You know what I mean? It feels like they're just kind of being... And that could work to its disadvantage.
0: Right. It's based on a nonfiction book. And I think maybe people, a lot of people sort of, since there's a lot of non-actors in it, is it improvised? Which is, I'm sure it's not, but I mean, there's a feeling around it that's not so, as you say, scriptly.
1: (laughs) Yeah. There's, there's a lot that is uh, improvised and it's sort of, you know, it might be like how Mike Lee's, you know, screenplays are regarded that are generally kind of rough outlines and then it's created in the moment. Um, I still think Land is going to win, but I think it's very close.
0: I think so too. And I have to ask you, Eric, how much often we talk about this sort of spread the wealth idea that an Oscar voter is actually thinking, hmm, I'm going to do the father here and then I'm going to do this one. and Everyone gets one. Do they really think like that? Is that something you've seen statistically?
1: No. I mean, I can't say that that that's how they... (laughs) how they think and it would it would seem kind of weird to be (laughs) to be quite so deliberate um but that being said uh you know we have seen a few years where like every best picture nominee does win something and so there does sort of seem like 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 that might be a thing but you'd have to create this uh level of I mean, collusion really <laughs> mm-hmm. for, I know, in, it just in order for little... that to happen. <laughs> and we'll actually get to, to something along those lines later on in a different category. Um, but I, I do think that there is an element to that where clearly, you know, the father is competitive in this category and in best actor. And, and, and I think I think this would be a place to spread that wealth because Land is, is pretty far out in other categories. So yeah, there is a way for that to happen. But I think what happens sometimes and how we get some surprises sometimes is the assumption of the front runner. And when there's an assumption there and then people are like, okay, well, that's already gonna win so I can put my vote over here. If enough, pe- enough people think like that, that shifts the balance.
0: And I know I'm not thinking uh, um, One Night in Miami either, but Kemp Powers is nominated. He's, he's involved in several movies, One Night in Miami, as well as as, as Soul. Um, are people talking about him in writing at all?
1: I would say he's, I don't know if he's really in the mix. I think the, the fact that he is not nominated for Soul
0: Mm.
1: Because of how the, the rules work for being labeled a co-director. Oh,
0: right. He's not even nominated. He is I not nominated. So strange.
1: It's really kind of awful that the first black-led Pixar film has a black oh, co-director wow. and is not nominated, but that's a whole nother can of worms. Um so yeah, there might there might be some you know, runoff, I guess, of that from, from soul to this. But I I I don't think that I don't think there's really any anything beyond Nomadland and the Father that could break through.
0: Well I'm going for Nomadland too and the father as a um close second and we yes. wouldn't be surprised. So visual yeah. effects love and monsters, the midnight sky, Mulan, the one and only Ivan and Tenet. Do you have any idea here?
1: Uh, yeah, I think this is gonna go to tenant. And I had I waited on my predictions. I just did these yesterday. And you know, I wanted to, to look at all of the possible precursors before I, I made any decisions. Even if you know I had something that I thought was the the total front runner. And you know, Midnight Sky did beat. Tenet at the Visual Effects Society, but Tenet won BAFTA, and I just feel that is a stronger path uh, to to win here, as well as it having the production design nomination, as mm-hmm. so many of Christopher Nolan films have, and and his films have won this category before. So I I think there's a there's a, a recognition there, even though the film was not, you know put into the Academy's online screening room because Nolan has been such a stickler about how people see the movie. Oh, right. So if he if this loses, I think that's the reason that it loses.
0: And and do you think people just sort of pissed off at his whole attitude this year?
1: I think maybe a little bit. I, I think a, a little bit. I, I don't want to say anything, you know, uh, make any type of grand gesture statement. So I, I don't... I can't say anything for sure, <laughs> <Yeah>. but <laughs> obviously. Uh, but something like The Midnight Sky is already readily available and has been since December uh, on Netflix. And in terms of, of films this year, it has the most visual effects. And sometimes that's all it takes. And There's it's always Netflix. An- And it's Netflix, you know, there there can be an ex machina here and there, but rarely. Uh, And usually, you know, it will go to uh, the, the film with the most and there's no best picture nominee represented here. So it's a little bit of a free for all. But I think Tenet should still take it.
0: I haven't seen the one and only Ivan just to be clear here in case that but so I'm not even counting that but I am watch me change on Sunday but I'm actually going for the Midnight Sky.
1: I think that's that's yeah. fair.
0: <laughs> I think it has in the most effects, I think it has. Clooney, it has Netflix, it has a little bit more positive vibe um, going to, I don't know there's just something I feel uh, about sort of the, the friends in the business <laughs> when they're actually seeing this but but I, I I just I could change on Sunday, but that's what I'm going with now.
1: I, and I, I had the midnight sky in over tenant for quite a while and and I just I, I don't know it's it's one of those two it's something else getting in Mulan, love and monsters or one and only Ivan would be a bit of a surprise. Although Ivan and Mulan did win, you know, separate Visual Effects Society awards, not the big one, but, Mm -hmm. you know, little individual ones. Mank did too, but it did not get nominated here. So I don't know. I just don't think, I don't think anything else really has the the strength. And and again, this year of all years, visibility is, is pretty key. So that's what makes Tenet a little tenuous here.
0: Let's move on to sound. There we have Greyhound, Mank, News of the World, Soul and Sound of Metal. This feels like Sound of Metal has all the momentum. Oh, and I just want to say that there's only one sound sound category this year. It used to be two.
1: Yeah, I'm not I'm not really happy about that. I wish it was still two. They are two very distinct um crafts and I think it's unfortunate, but, you know, we also just saw Bohemian Rhapsody win both sound awards, which clearly shows. don't really
0: understand it.
1: (laughs) Clearly still after all this time, the voters at large do not understand the difference between the two. So I, I get it. I get it, but you know, it's going to be really hard for something to get 14 nominations now.
0: Oh, right. Of course. Yeah. But are you also going with Sound of Metal, Newt?
1: I am going with Sound of Metal. I just did my uh, prediction piece for that this morning. And yeah, I am going with Sound of Metal. It has BAFTA. It has the Cinema Audio Society. It did lose all of its motion picture sound editors nominations, which was a little bit of a shock. But I don't know. Yeah, that
0: went to Greyhound, right?
1: Greyhound and Soul and Trial of the Chicago 7 won the dialogue, but they are not nominated here.
0: Mm, Right, right.
1: And I think pretty clearly had these categories remained split, that Trial would have been nominated for sound mixing and possibly Nomadland as well, which did get in at BAFTA.
0: The sound and sound of metal is so innovative and so layered into the um, theme of the movie that it's pretty impressive, I have to say
1: it's the titular role
0: it is exactly as we (laughs) talked about last time
1: (laughs) I I just I wish I could post that the 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 Beanie Feldstein gift from Lady Bird just
0: exactly say it over and over that's my big thing with the supporting um, Daniel Kaluuya and and Keith Stanfield for Jews in the Black Messiah it's the titular role (laughs) why are they supporting
1: (laughs) both of them really Um, I do think that there is there is a chance for an upset by soul here. Um it's clearly second place. I don't think anything is is close. Uh Sound of Metal won its, you know, the animated uh categories for CAS and MPSE. Also BAFTA nominated. It's the first animated film to get a sound nomination in 10 years. And And that's, I, I, I can't discount that. I can't, I can't overlook it. Uh, one of the nominees, Ren Klaiss, who's also nominated for Mank is a nine time nominee. Um, I think it's there him is. Him and
0: Glenn this year.
1: <laughs> I know. I think there's, I think there's potential for a soul upset. Mm. Uh, and, you know, both of these films, Sound of Metal and Soul, are their entire subject is is music and it's why they are here and how they incorporate that into their films. But Sound of Metal should still be able to take this pretty easily.
0: Yeah, I'm going with that one too. So short film live action. Um, two of these I haven't seen, so I'm kind of going on what I've read about those. But Feeling Through, The Letter Room, The Present, Two Distant Strangers, and White Eye. Do you know what you're going with?
1: I do. I did my my predictions for these. Uh, I did, I kind of I kind of went back and forth. I did ultimately land on feeling through over two distant strangers, which I th- which I think is is a risk. I really think it's a risk uh, because two distant strangers has it's Netflix. It's got Obvious visibility, and it just it makes sense as a winner. It has a timely nature to it, even if it's slightly problematic. Um, so it it makes sense as a winner. And, but I, I think a lot do. The present, which won BAFTA, could be a winner. Uh, short films about israeli palestine conflict have won here before. Uh, the letter room has Oscar Isaac. There might be, you know, just star quality visibility there.
0: I have not seen that. That's the one I haven't seen. It's
1: fine. It's fine. It's probably my least favorite of, of the five. White Eye, I think, is pretty outstanding as a film. Twenty minutes, all single shot, uh, intriguing story. Uh, but I do, I do think that there is, there's an element of feeling through that has empathy to it which which I think is the overriding theme of so many films this year
0: that's why I'm going with that one that's it you just are feels, yes it yeah. just feels so right this year um, with that and the theme I mean it's not the most um, it's a simple movie but it's with a, a lot of feeling um, I'm, I'm, yes. I think that one is going to go into people's hearts
1: Yes. it sort of is like, it is, it is simple, uh, you know, not in in good ways and bad ways. Um, But it it reminds me in a sense of the, the film that won the neighbor's window one a few years ago uh, about the, the people seeing something they think is happening across the street in a neighbor's house. That was of the nominees. It was sort of the lightest and easiest, uh, and less confrontational. And with the short categories, it's always, there's always very, very political, very dramatic, uh, and often very tragic, uh, stories being told. And I think sometimes those do extremely well. And sometimes it can be a little overwhelming.
0: It's too much.
1: So I, I I think that and that's kind of fed into all of my short predictions really
0: okay well let's move on to animated then um burrow genius loki if anything happens i love you opera and yes people
1: i'm going with if anything happens i love you Me uh before i saw anything i had only seen burrow and you know i had Just that was my number one as a kind of a
0: which is cute. I I mean Burrow is good. It is
1: really good. I like it quite a bit. And it might be able to win on just on the strength of that. But I think that if anything happens, I love you is clearly it's it's interesting too, considering the subject matter, which you know, I don't think it's too much of a spoiler saying that there's a school shooting element of it. Uh that, you know, animated films take more time to be made. So this was made obviously pre-pandemic when we were still going through mass shootings and school shootings all the time in the United States. Now it's kind of happening again in the United States now that the pandemic is easing, which says a lot. Um, But I think it's going to, I think it's going to hit the right emotional notes. It's, produced and backed by Laura Dern. And that is more than enough for me to, to predict it.
0: Mm -hmm. Yes, this has, this has everything that you said. Um, And as I was mentioning with the last category, I just think this is so in the moment. And, and I think the feeling right now um, when we're not meeting each other, when we're not talking as much, I mean, people are, if they're actually seeing this movie, is they're really going on feeling. Um, and with Laura Darnie, I, I, I think this is a front runner.
1: Yeah, it's, it is an extraordinarily emotional film. The first, I mean, the first half, I was just sobbing. I, it was, I was, I was oh, yeah. just in shock. Uh, and so I, I don't know. I think that's just going to get people.
0: All right. Well, we're very much in <laughs> alignment with each other here. Let's go to production design. So production design, I have one which my heart wants, but that's not the one I'm going to pick if I want to win some cold, hard cash, but I'll tell you. <laughs> I I would be, but we I'd have- be
1: willing to bet that your pick for that is also mine.
0: Okay. (laughs) Interesting. I'll I'll go first. Well, the first, the nominees are The Father, Ma Rainey's Black Bottom, Mank, News of the World, and Tenet. Mm -hmm. Do you want me to go first? Yeah, you go
1: first.
0: (laughs) Okay. So I am so utterly impressed by the production design in The Father. I just think it was what made, you know, disoriented me. Um, It was... Very seldom you see production science so, so intertwined with what actually is happening in the, you know, the heads of people in the way that it is in this movie. I thought it was absolutely fantastic, but I think that Mank is gonna take this.
1: Yes, we are completely perfectly aligned. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Mank is gonna take this quite easily. It has absolutely steamrolled and won every, every, everything up to this point
0: it's great I mean that's not what I'm saying yeah. I just think that yeah
1: it is great but you're absolutely right the set decoration and the production design and the father is like film editing and like the screenplay absolutely integral to us understanding and being in the mindset of somebody that is in those stages of dementia it is shockingly uh well-designed. And I said this in a podcast I did yesterday. I'm so happy that it made it in here because this is the kind of, of nomination that deserves to happen every single year. It doesn't always need to be a period piece or a science fiction piece, you know, contemporary production design that is integral to a story should be seen as exactly the same. And I'm so happy that it is here because it's so deserving.
0: If this element of the filmmaking of the father wouldn't have worked this well, I mean, the movie would not have worked. Yeah. This is so integral to understanding the whole character's state of mind, but quite simply with these subtle, subtle things. I was so impressed.
1: Yeah, that's that's what's that's the great success of this and of, of Florian Zeller's direction, is that none of none of these these things are hit you over the head with here's what's going on now you're just no, you're right. you're experiencing it and it puts you off at first you're just you're like it takes a minute to understand what's going on uh and
0: oh yeah i was that's like the, you know that's what, why what, it's so, what happened with the kitchen yeah that's
1: why it's so <laughs> it's good like, yeah. and it's why it's it, yeah it just it just creates a level of immersiveness that other other films simply can't accomplish as well
0: you don't think people are having this discussion like we are before they pick
1: i think so i think i think maybe maybe but well not, i'm not still as,
0: sticking with mank i'm going oh to- yeah i would
1: <laughs> never budge from mank here ever
0: I'm playing it safe this year cuz some th- this year I find so difficult that uh, that I don't want to veer too much to <laughs> Last year I was I I did very well um going off the rails but I don't think I would this year. <laughs> But let's move, <laughs> let's move on to original song music. God. We have Fight for You from Judas and the Black Messiah, Hear My Voice, The Trial of the Chicago Seven, Husavik from uh, Eurovision Song Contest, EOC from The Life Ahead, and Speak Now from One Night in Miami. So Leslie Odom Jr., who's been everywhere I with Speak Now.
1: This category is so hard.
0: There's three front runners here, really, there right?
1: absolutely are three. And obviously I, I know that we have the same three in mind. Um, and that's Speak Now, uh, EOC and Husivik. And they all can stake a really, really strong claim to win here. And it doesn't really have anything to do with the precursors because they've all, every, all films here, except for Fight For You have won some... One version of the of the precursors that this category provides, which are actually a lot now. They have, there's five, um, but and initially I I had UFC as the winner in my final predictions. I posted it and it was done. And then in since I had done them last week because I was breaking them breaking them over two weeks instead of doing cramming everything into one week. Um, but since then, Leslie Odom Jr. has been at every single guild presenting, singing at BAFTA, a group that a group that doesn't even have a song category. And I'm just looking and
0: it was a good it was a
1: great performance.
0: Great performance. And I'm just looking
1: at this going, okay, his team is really playing this game well. And 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 he is everywhere, and he is a supporting actor nominee it's we're looking at at just a really really strong campaign at work here.
0: And and on the other hand, Diane Warren is campaigning pretty well for herself. <laughs> All on her own. I think she's fabulous. She
1: is, and it's 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 really funny because she has such a great sense of humor about this. This is her 12th nomination. Every single time she's nominated, you know, outlets do these big pieces on her and interviews and everything, and it sort of it sort of becomes like an annual thing. And this is her fourth year in a row being nominated, um, which is a record tied with Randy Newman. And Randy Newman won on that fourth year finally. So I don't, I don't know. <laughs>
0: <laughs> this is really hard I'm going hard. with EOC actually for now um and I come I I've I don't think I even though I I understand the point it's actually a song that's in the movie and 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 my Swedish heart of course pounds for <laughs> that would be so much fun for the um for the songwriters but um I think it's really between EOC and speak now and there's something about Diane Warren, it's her time. I don't know. I think it's pretty powerful.
1: I think it's good. And if she wins, I'll be really happy. And and I'm with you. I think it's it's really, really between Speak Now and, and, and IOC. I, I, Husabik would be a deserving winner. And for me, of the five, it's the best song by a long shot. Oh,
0: that'd be so much fun. Oh, absolutely.
1: And it is the only song that's in the film as a part of the film. I said this on the this podcast yesterday, I would not be against a rule change in this category to not allow uh, end credit songs anymore. Because all, oh, of, I think so too. all so of these fun. songs, except for Who's a Vicar end credit songs, <clears throat> that are kind of generic, really. They all feel the same, sound the same, have the same theme, and you know, it, it feels it feels just kind of tacked on, you know, trial, uh, black Messiah Miami are all period pieces that use period songs in the film, but you can't really, you know, plop an original song in there during a period piece that people won't recognize. Right. So you just tack it on at the end and it's like a free Oscar nomination. And that's kind of a, I mean, it's really just an, relatively new thing in terms of the Oscars in the last 20 years Uh, whereas this category really used to be about songs in the film as a part of the film
0: they're just doing this for the Oscar nomination it feels like
1: I know it feels cheap so I don't like it
0: but you're going with um speak now
1: for right now (laughs) I am going with speak now but uh
0: and i this one i could change too i have to say yeah it's we'll we'll, really we'll
1: see we'll see friday because friday is is when it's absolutely like permanently locked and like take my computer away locked <laughs>
0: so let's go to original score the five bloods terence blanchard mank trent Reznor, and atticus ross minari Emile moseri um news of the world james newton howard and soul trent Reznor, atticus ross and john baptiste is it a Reznor ross
1: it would be a, it would be an absolute shock if they lost. Soul? Yeah. Yeah, absolute shock.
0: I love Minari.
1: Yes, I would I would pref- I prefer Minari, it's the best of the five. Yeah, this is this is, you know, like La La Land Moonlight, you know, in this category for me where, you know, the quieter, gentler, you know, beautiful piece. Is probably second place, but it's second place.
0: <laughs> Moving on, we've got that one: makeup and hairstyling. This category has a film that, that is a bit of a um, a notch in our relationship, Eric. <laughs> I think you you have you like it's here. We have Emma, Hillbilly Elegy, Ma Rainey's Black Bottom, Mank, and Pinocchio. And I think you're so you're awfully generous to Hillbilly Elegy throughout our relationship. <laughs>
1: You know, I think the makeup and hair in Hillbillyology is quite good. I think it's pretty fantastic. And and there's more. But
0: that's all I thought about, like the wig. Um,
1: I don't know. I didn't. I didn't. Okay. I didn't. I really, I think Glenn Close is very, very good here.
0: If you ever need a wig, please let me help you.
1: <laughs> I, prom- I promise I will. <laughs> No, no. That's, that's all I was gonna say. I just, I, I think close, uh, close is very good, and I think the makeup in this is, is very good as well.
0: But who's taking this? Because you don't, you think the.
1: Oh, this is this is Ma Rainey. This is Ma Rainey,
0: which is a fantastic, because um, it's the first African American makeup team, right?
1: Yeah, the yeah, me and Neil and Jamaica Wilson are the the first black women, first black people ever to be nominated here, and this is not the type of hair and makeup that normally gets in, Uh, you know, traditional black hair is not, not something that this group recognizes like ever. And, you know, the, the story, if you've, if you're a voter and you have, you know, paid any attention to, to this category and to the hair and makeup for Ma Rainey, it's a pretty fascinating journey. And one that is, in a sense, similar to Dallas Buyers Club, when it won, where you know they had a, a budget of like two hundred fifty dollars for all of the makeup, and they pulled off a win, you know, over films that spend millions on prosthetics and 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 complicated makeup. And I think there's an element of that to Ma Rainey, in that you know it's horsehair wigs that were covered in manure and lice and all of this that they used because it was what would have been available at the time. So the authenticity and the detail element of this is pretty spectacular. The grease paint makeup, it's, it's, it's a really perfect mix and combination. And again, like the father, I'm so happy to see a nominee like this here and I think it's largely obviously because we are in an exceptional year. If we had, you know, these two hundred million dollar movies, we'd see Dune and West Side Story and stuff like that in categories like this. And you know, maybe Ma Rainey would have uh, a struggle here, or Pinocchio, for that matter.
0: Yeah, Pinocchio is more of the prosthetic one, right? I mean, that's very difficult in that. Style. Yes, that that category. Mm-hmm. Yeah,
1: and it would easily be my second.
0: Oh, Maureen, I'm going with that too. So, let's go to International Feature Film. We have another round, Better Days, Collective, The Man Who Sold His Skin, Quo Vadis Saída. It feels like this is another round.
1: It would be it would be one of the biggest shocks if it lost. Yeah, it's it's winning and and it's it would be even winning without the best director nomination for Thomas Vinterberg. Even without that, it would still be the front runner, uh, because so many times that there was an international or foreign film or film not in the English language category, and Minari was there in one over another round. You know, it just didn't it didn't represent what this race is because this race is so specific in how you know something is eligible. So it's, and because everybody can vote on it.
0: So film editing, The Father, Nomadland, Promising Young Woman, Sound of Metal, and The Trial of the Chicago Seven. This is quite interesting in this category, right?
1: Yes, this is a category that is going to hinge on quite a few things and be potentially potentially set and upset uh, or later in the evening. It is a very competitive category between two films, between Sound of Metal and the Trial of the Chicago Seven, which have volleyed back and forth with, with wins all season. They tied at Critics' Choice. Sound of Metal won BAFTA and Trial won Ace, the American cinema editors. So there is absolutely a case for both of those films to win. But the case is stronger for Sound of Metal.
0: It's that's interesting. Cal Buchanan had an interesting theory on that. We're sort of wondering why Sound of Metal, which is you know a great movie, but it's not the editing doesn't particularly stick out um, as some other movies like The Trial of Chicago Seven, which has a lot of archival and goes back and forth in the narrative. But he was thinking it had to do with the drumming that people are thinking of, of that as if it would have been an editing feature.
1: I think sound. Of, I think sound of metal. I mean, I don't want to just say, "Hey, you know, Whiplash won this too," but I think that the people obviously make a connection between music and editing. Bohemian Rhapsody just won, you know, two years ago. Uh, make this connection between the two as, as a complicated thing. You know when you're when you're editing a musical performance in a film, uh, and and then if that factors into the uh, the overall storytelling, and yeah, the editing in sound of metal is not showy. It's not super cutty. While um, Chicago Seven is the father is again, j- just like with its other categories, the editing in this is probably the most crucial element to its success.
0: Yeah, I'm uh, I'm I'm still hoping that even though I will take sound of metal, which I think is good, but um I would I will be yelling in my sofa if the father takes these two. I just think that they're so impressive.
1: It's stellar. It's stellar. Um but you know the, the, this like I said this is a really complicated category and it is a a category that could change quite a bit if trial does win this it would be a a strange win to be its only win it's not very common only one other film ever has been a best picture nominee and then only won this category that was pride of the yankees from 1942 um the last time that it happened was girl with the dragon tattoo winning only film editing but it had sound nominations and, you know, the best actress nominations and Ryle does not have sound and sound and editing go together very well, which gives sound a metal that, that push.
0: Documentary short subject Colette, a concerto is a conversation do not split hunger war and a love song for Latasha*, which I haven't seen.
1: This is a tough category.
0: <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs> um, I'm actually. I'm
0: I'm thinking it do not split.
1: I have it at number. I think I have it at number two right now. Let me double check.
0: I I have it at number one. I just think that it's there's been so much talk about it. It's such a. Um, it's really caused a, a political ruckus. But it's Ye- maybe not as emotional as some of the other ones
1: well what we have is four films that are very politically dramatically driven films which is very common in this category like we were talking about with the other short films especially live action where you know these serious serious films are all weighing down the viewer and maybe it's the film that gives them some light that is what they might want to go for. And A Concerto is a Conversation is that film. And it's what I'm picking to win. It's also backed by Ava DuVernay. It's the shortest of the films. It's only 12 minutes long compared to like Hunger Ward, which is 40 minutes long, which really kind of pushes the boundaries of, of short film here. Uh, but, you know, Paulette has a Holocaust element. Do Not Split is the the Hong Kong protests. And I mean, you just, you have all these films that are timely and extremely competitive with each other in that way.
0: You confused me on this one. I know. (laughs) I don't really know. Okay. I'm going to have to think about that, but you're going with the concerto and it, it's not, of course they were doing it behind it. Yeah. Yeah. You confused me on this one. I,
1: I yeah, I, I am. It's, it, it's been available for a while, pretty easily. Uh, I think PBS and, and New York times, and you can watch without any subscriptions and stuff like that. Um, and, you know, especially for the short categories, it's, if you're not seeing, you're not seeing period. And, You know, the academy at large is not all going to be voting for this. So it's really just going to be the people that are the the completionists and and vote. And, you know, the documentary branch is going to be voting on these and animation branch. And so it's you, you have to think of where maybe where they're going.
0: Well, I'm going to think about that one from now until Sunday, (laughs) we'll see. And here's another category that is so difficult and that's documentary. Um, Collective, Crip Camp, The Mole Agent, My Octopus Teacher, and Time. There's a lot of good movies here.
1: This, This category just kind of blows my mind because again, and I feel like I'm doing this too much and it might be to my detriment. Again, we have a lot of films that are, you know, serious and timely and dramatic. And at one point they were kind of leading the way, you know, time and collective were uh, early front runners. Time is the overwhelming critics choice. It won LA and New York, NBR national society of film critics. It won everything. It was just an absolute steamroller. And then the guilds and groups and industry started voting and everything shifted and out of nowhere (laughs) my octopus teacher a, a a nature documentary essentially made it and is I even, can't
0: even believe that it's put against a, a movie like Time. Or it collection.
1: is, it's so bizarre, and nobody really saw this coming from earlier on. It's a Netflix film, Crip Camp is a Netflix film, too, and that was clearly their choice, uh, out of Sundance. And it was like, this is
0: what's the Obamas again, yeah,
1: it's 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 our you know, follow up to American factory. We're going to get, you know, a third win in four years and it's going to be with this movie. And that's the funny thing about this race and campaigns is that you can do whatever you want and you can spend as much money as you want, but voters will tell you what they want. Um, And they did. They did with, with my octopus teacher. It's that one PGA and BAFTA. It is the front runner now.
0: Oh my God. Are you, are you doing my octopus teacher? I am. I can't, I, I just have so much. I can't, I can't put my hand and pen to paper. on that one. <laughs> But uh, um, it depends on how much I want to win our Oscar pool but um, yeah, but that's a hard one I just think that there's several here including Crip Camp Collective and Time which are just movies of a generation sort of in the documentary feature and the guy fell in love with an octopus
1: <laughs> <laughs> you know it's funny because I I mean I have just read a lot of people that have a lot of animosity to towards this film and I think it's I think it's more about because it has so quickly surpassed their favorites whether it's time or or collective or or crip camp which you know is a bit of an uneven way to uh to look at at something but like i said this is essentially a nature documentary which just does not even usually get in here no uh that it was nominated alone was a a surprise but not a surprise because you had to kind of start really kind of reading the tea leaves that that this was going to happen and it's also the type of film that the nomination was the biggest obstacle and now that it's in it will be the most seen it is the most emotional um, and it is more than just about his relationship to this octopus, (laughs) because it really does become about his relationship with his son. And that is, that's how it closes. And, and I just don't know how you can look at this and not, not feel that. And it is gorgeous. It's beautiful. Although I did clock one moment that was an, an, edited little section that was used in a piece later
0: yeah it's manipulative
1: that that I manipulated think. a moment and it was it mm. was very obvious and it was strange that it would even be needed since they had a year's worth of, of footage uh but it was it was odd and it was you know in this moment to kind of create tension you know with the sharks looking for her and it I was like hold on that was in the that was in the movie about 45 minutes ago hold on and and so whatever, you know, but if you're not watching it like that, you're obviously not going to see that and it's not going to matter.
0: So in directing, we have Thomas Winterberg for another round, Mank, David Fincher, Minari, Lee Isaac Chung, Nomadland, Chloe Zhao and Promising Young Woman, Emerald Fennell. This feels like it's Chloe Zhao's She's
1: probably going to get like 60 percent of the votes at least she could even win that's wonderful she could even win without the film winning moment yeah it's going to be an an amazing historic moment she's only made three films well four but one hasn't come out yet uh so i i I am so excited for this moment and i'm excited that it's going to be an in-person thing because i want to see her outside of her blurry zooms (laughs) (laughs)
0: <laughs> she's lovely with her teacup and her braids
1: <laughs> she, i love her braids she has also been the most gracious and thoughtful Ugh. winner and loser when she doesn't win she's always the first to clap for somebody else and she is her dga speech talking to each of the other nominees was incredible incredible it was, there was just so much thoughtfulness to that. And I know that's what we're going to see when she wins. And uh, I hope her speech goes on for 10 minutes.
0: Yes. Steven Soderbergh, let her do that.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
0: or Glenn Weiss or whoever's in control. Of that. <laughs> All right. Costume design. Emma, Marini's Black Bottom, Mank, Mulan, and Pinocchio.
1: Uh, this is this is Ma Rainey's to lose again, and this is so crazy that this. And Roth. This, I mean, yeah. This is a movie that is not Best Picture nominated yet. It's going to probably, maybe win almost all of its nominations. This is going to be history making. It's crazy. It's
0: moving along then, because we're both in agreement on that one. Cinematography: Judas and the Black Messiah, Mank, News of the World, Nomadland, and The Trial of the Chicago Seven. So Nomadland is Joshua James Richards, who is actually Chloe Zhao's partner in life.
1: Correct. Yes. Which, which, you know, I'm sure a lot of people don't know and they're going to be like, Oh my God. Um, a nice
0: little couple thing to do. <laughs> it's
1: super cool. I love it. This, this is, this should be a pretty easy win for Nomadland. Um, I'm not taking the, the Mank win at the, uh, American Society of Cinematographers that seriously? Oh, you're not? Not really. No, I mean, when I, I to be clear, I'm not being dismissive. I'm just not looking at it as a game changer uh, at the last minute, especially when when looking at the the splits between ASC and BAFTA and and where things lean uh the last three times there have been a split um the oscars went with the bafta choice which is Madland.
0: i think so too i'm absolutely going there and rooting for them to take home the hardware together
1: <laughs> yeah i definitely want want that to happen uh just just to have that happen but yeah. um <laughs> there, there are elements that that stand in in the way for that, um, like the best cinematography winner in the last twenty years has had a production design nomination, except for Birdman and Slumdog Millionaire, they're the only two that have not. And uh,
0: this doesn't,
1: and that helps Mank, which is the production design front runner, um, because if Mank only wins production design, you know it. The stat for that is the only time that's happened to a best picture nominee is. Heaven can wait in 1978. So I, there are a dozen categories that we are going to see major history and stats break uh, because we're in such a truly exceptional year, unless we don't. And we see a whole lot of upsets and an upset here would be, you know, Mank winning this as well as production design. Uh, So it's possible. It's possible.
0: Yeah. And the black and white photography and the Citizen Kane, you know, incredible things they did to mirror that. And I mean, it's not it's not a crazy thought in any way.
1: No, no. And the two films that I mentioned, Birdman and Slumdog Millionaire, were also Best Picture winners, which Nomadland is likely going to be. And Mank is definitely not going to be. So that's the stronger force to me.
0: So animated feature film also feels like it has a very strong front runner. That's Onward, Over the Moon, the Sean of the Sean the Sheep movie, Farmageddon, Soul, and Wolf Walkers. This is Soul, right?
1: Yeah, it would be an almost bigger upset than Chloe Zhao losing. The stranglehold that Pixar has on this category is really out of control.
0: If they're there, they win.
1: They've only lost three times. So it's it's tough, it's tough, and I just did my my piece on that, and it became more editorial than predictive, which I didn't want to do, but I just couldn't help it. And so <laughs> my thing was, is it you know name brand rec- recognition above all? Is Disney simply the Meryl Streep of this category in Cartoon Saloon, the Glenn Close? Because <laughs> this is Cartoon Saloon's so fourth. Fun. It's the fourth nomination. Uh, for cartoons, Saloon, and they always lose to Pixar, and it isn't to discount Soul because it is an original film. Uh, it's not a uh, a sequel or anything else like Toy Story Four last year. But uh, th- I mean, this has been one of the biggest steamrolls in this category in quite some time. So, I mean, for Pixar anyway, Spider Man was also a A great steamroll and thankfully beat Pixar. But
0: right, right.
1: Yeah, soul losing here would be just mind blowing. I hope it happens. I want it to happen, (laughs) but I would not predict it.
0: So actress in supporting role. Let's get into the actress here. Ah! The there could be lots of historic moments here, hopefully. Um, so actress in supporting Maria Bakalova, Glenn Close, Olivia Colman, Amanda Seyfried, and Yoo Jung Yoon for Minari. It has to be Yoon, right? So amazing. Yes.
1: Yeah. Yoon, Yoon is winning this. Uh, I would have predicted her even if she had lost the BAFTA, but she won the BAFTA. So it's, she's winning. It's just a matter of who might be in second place. <laughs>
0: uh, I'm going with that one too. Um, poor Glenn again, <laughs> but I'm actually quite happy she's not winning for this role. I know you and I slightly disagree there, but
1: <laughs> you know, I, I
0: think she can do better.
1: <laughs> I don't think she would be upset if she did win for this role. So, <laughs> um, I mean, she's she's proud of her work and I don't think that she makes... Um, Oscar bait decisions in her projects. I think she makes decisions um, based on trying to do things that she hasn't done before. This is nothing like the wife. This is nothing like 101 Dalmatians or fatal attraction. She makes decisions that challenge her and I love it. And that's why she's constantly recognized. That's why she has eight nominations because she is truly one of the most versatile actresses that we have working, she just finds herself against new competition or old competition, and never, never can clinch it. She's always the bridesmaid. I think she will win eventually, but she's got She got to hurry up.
0: She'll get the, uh, the the what's it called the Oscar
1: the honorary.
0: Honorary before she wins.
1: Well, I don't want that.
0: <laughs> well, according to Kyle, I think she said Peter, it's the same as Peter O'Toole's trajectory.
1: Yeah, it is.
0: So actress in leading role, Viola Davis, Andrew Day, Vanessa Kirby, Francis McDormand, and Carrie Mulligan. This is the hard one.
1: Yeah, so this along with song is the most difficult because it has four performances that all can stake a claim to win justifiable with absolute like, yes, this makes perfect sense. Um, It's, it's extremely difficult. Anybody that anyone that gets this right, doesn't actually have any bragging rights whatsoever. So you, you can't, and I don't care who you are, (laughs) unless you pick Vanessa Kirby and she somehow wins anybody else though, (laughs) anyone else out of the game, you're, You don't have any bragging rights because there is no there is no path that is better or more realistic than the other. There just isn't.
0: I've made my pick, though. I'm going with Viola
1: Davis. I am also going with Viola Davis. Okay, which
0: is no, no, no no guts or glory for us. But still,
1: (laughs) it's crazy because I started with Viola Davis way back in summer. Uh, and then l- leaned off of her in the last few months as, you know, McDormand, Mulligan, and Day kind of took a whole lot of limelight. Uh, but I am back on the Davis train.
0: So, actor and supporting role Sasha Baron Cohen, Daniel Kaluuya, Leslie Odom Jr., Paul Racy, and Lakeith Stanfield. And this has to be Daniel who's won everything, right?
1: So I was really cheeky today uh, in doing, and the last thing that I, that I was that I was working on before I, I jumped on when you emailed me uh, was supporting actor. And for every category, I have you know done these long pieces as to you know why somebody's going to win, why someone's not, who's the spoiler, all of these things. And for actor in a supporting role, my entire piece is daniel kaluuya is winning period and that is it (laughs) and that's it there is there there is nothing more to say and that obviously is not to take away from this category from anybody nominated or anything like that that was just me being excellent that's just me being pretty cheeky but this is this is the this it's the sweep he's the only acting nominee to to sweep and it, this is something that happens, you know, pretty routinely every year uh, with at least two or three and sometimes all four. Well, a little rarely with all four to, to go all the way. But it, it's, it's pretty common that we just see rubber stamping all season long. And he's the only one to do that. Yes. Yeah. Last year, Brad Pitt, Laura Dern, everything. And, and you know what's going to happen.
0: And then we have actor in leading role, which is a little more tricky, maybe um, Liz, uh, Riz Ahmed, Chadwick Boseman, Anthony Hopkins, Gary Oldman and Stephen Yun. And it seems to be between Chadwick Boseman and perhaps Anthony Hopkins.
1: Yeah, I think I think Hopkins BAFTA win is wasn't too surprising. And I don't think it derails Chadwick Boseman at all. Although, I, I mean, I really did expect Bozeman to, to win BAFTA and to, to join Daniel Kaluuya as, as a uh, an unstoppable, you know, winner-take-all frontrunner, but I don't think it stops him. I think it puts Hopkins in a closer place. Um, and there could be, as I, I think I have mentioned before, there could be a sort of sense from a voter oh, I'm sure Chadwick Boseman is winning so I can put my vote to Anthony Hopkins and, and feel good about it. And if enough people do that, that will shift <laughs> a race pretty quickly. But I don't think Bozeman's losing.
0: No, I think Chadwick Boseman is winning as well. So, And according to our predictions of these four, it's another historic moment. This would be um, that all of the four acting categories are non-white
1: Performers. Yes. and it will be four for four with the screen actors guilt in doing so and and I, I just i i see it this year is the year for that to happen because it probably won't anytime soon
0: no this this is the one <laughs> make it happen and they're just terrific performances so so i hope that that oh
1: happens. yeah they're unimpeachable
0: so, lastly diving into best picture um, the father Judas and the Black Messiah Mank Minari Nomadland promising young woman sound of metal and the trial of the Chicago seven do you have any doubts about Nomad land here
1: I don't think I have doubts uh, I do think that it's winning I think I think there is an argument to be made whether trial of the Chicago seven or promising young woman is number two or number three. I know Kyle thinks that it's uh promising young woman is number two. And he, I can,
0: yeah, he thinks it could be the year's parasite.
1: I, I can, I can see that. And, and I've had it there. Uh, I did put trial back at number two a few weeks ago and I haven't done my, my final, you know, best picture predictions yet. And that'll be out thursday i think um and so you know trial has sag and that east win but without without that best director nomination it would have to then go into the oscars with an upset in original screenplay at least um because it can't win director and if it does that then it probably has you know the film editing win as well and then it would have those three because sasha baron cohen's not winning um and there's there's no other place that it really can do that so its path is extremely difficult to, to jump over nomadlands pga golden globe bafta critics choice it's really really tough
0: i love promising young Woman. It would definitely not make me sad but i 100 percent think it's going to be nomadland
1: yeah yeah
0: the trial of the chicago seven i don't think even is up there this year it's just not it's not that conversation this year
1: which is kind of ironic because it was kind of plopped down uh to be the conversation Absolutely. this year if that's why it's here um it's, i mean it's, yeah,
0: the themes are seemingly what's going on but not really emotionally
1: no because everything is from a white perspective
0: so that's where i'll be with nomad lab me too me too (laughs) all right this is always so great eric it's going to be so interesting to see um how we did on uh, sunday night um and uh what there's always a surprise or two that is just like what didn't Mm -hmm. even think of that coming (laughs) Mm
1: -hmm. there will be there will be at least one
0: at least one yeah <laughs> eric thank you so much this is always great and we'll of course um talk again after this enormously long oscar period about other things yes about the next oscar year <laughs> i
1: know i mean it's it's already almost there we've we're we're folding in emmy season before this oscar season's even done and then that'll be done and then there you go fall festivals oscar season again and time will be just a blip <laughs> And learn more about it on my website, thoughtsfromapage.com. Thanks so much for checking it out.